The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Uh, Welcome to the first episode of the Nick and Alex Baseball Show. Uh, This is a weekly podcast that Fast and I are going to be putting out as a Twitch show uh, that is 10 p.m. Eastern Time every single Tuesday night. And because it's a show, we're actually adding these video elements, writing a lot more uh, in present moments um, that doesn't always translate into being a good podcast. So keep that in mind moving forward that uh, listening to this podcast, we're going to keep in all the good baseball bits, but all the videos and stuff we're going to take away from it. Um, and there were some little problems that we had in our first day. So please be patient with us about it. But we're really excited that we have this baseball show with really fun segments. You can check out the whole video on YouTube as well at uh, youtube.com slash pitcherless to watch the show and enjoy it with everybody else. It's a, it's a new production. It's not just us on StreamYard pushing it out. We actually have a video producer. We have all these cool things we want to do. And we're really excited about it moving forward. So enjoy the first ever episode of the Nick and Alex baseball show. What is up? We are live for the very first Nick and Alex baseball show. I am your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the style icon himself, Nickleby Pollock. Nick, how you doing? What is happening? It is the Nick and Alex baseball show. We've been playing this for ages. I'm so happy all of you live on Twitch right now are watching this. It's Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be doing this every single week. On Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, as Alex Fast and I get to talk about baseball, not fantasy baseball. We're going to talk about just baseball. And I can't just wait baseball. for this. Just baseball. And I had to wear my Shohei Otani shirt for that. You know, I had to uh, wear my Sigaros shirt. For that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do, before we begin, I do want to say thanks so much to Eric Muir, who right now is producing this show live. He's with mm. us. You rock so much, Eric. And Adrian Perry as well for working really hard to be put together the graphics that you're going to be seeing today. Uh, this is a production. This is, yes, a podcast that you might be hearing on Wednesday or on Thursday. And yes, you might be watching this on YouTube tomorrow. But this is a live show. And we want mm. it to be a live show. So what are, what are the kind of things that people can expect today, <laughs> Fast? Where did he, Herberty? Where did the, uh, well, I, the first thing that they can expect is we talked about this a little bit earlier. It is officially plaid, so we can curse no, as no much as. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just wanted to. I know that the uh, chat was blowing up about that. So there's a lot of things that you guys can expect. I mean, Nick already hit the nail on the head about what you're going to be able to expect overall with this podcast, but let's uh, and show and live experience. You're going to be able to see our mugs and uh, see my terrible laugh I- in person. But what are we going to be talking about today? Now, that's a nice mug. 
Now that's a mug. Um, We're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to be doing overall baseball chats where we're going to focus a little bit on some recent events, some things that have happened in the past couple of days. We're going to be talking about the umps and our kind of opinions on that. We also have pitcher of the week, hitter of the week. We've got some standings check-ins that we're going to be doing. And most importantly, we've got three pre-filmed segments that we're really excited about. Why don't you, why don't you detail what these pre-filmed segments that people should expect to see I mean, uh, over the course of this uh, broadcast are? Let's just, let's just say the names and, you know, look forward to those throughout the show. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you're not going to get them. You got to watch it live on yeah. Twitch. You got to see it also on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash picture list. Uh, but mine is called Scout's Honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to see Alex Fast, of course, a rendition of Bass Hits. And it's back. I, I don't know what to call the other one. It is just hilarity with Alex Fast. I yeah. The, I don't know if it has like an official name. The the, the quiet name has just been the fake commercial. Mm. Uh, and it's my terrible uh, attempt at humor. We're gonna get to all these. We are very excited to debut them. We have put a lot of work into them, so we're very excited to show them to you and then circulate them out into the world. But let's get into why you're all here, which is uh, Nick and I talking about baseball. Yeah. So, Nick, the very first thing that we wanted to talk about now, this has been in the news for the past couple of days, but it's still something that we kind of wanted to have a conversation about, which was this this Reds no hitter. Uh, They got no hit. They ended up losing the game. Hunter Green goes, what, 118 pitches. pitches. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. First of all, let's talk about how Hunter Green was kind of managed in that game. What are your thoughts on that? Are you good with letting him go out and throw 118 pitches? No, no, I okay. am not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe this. I saw that the, the Pirates getting no hit. I was like, oh, cool. Let me tune into this game. And I saw at the time that Hunter Green was at 150 15 pitches. So I have to apologize. We had some audio difficulties um, and this segment about Hunter Green being left in. But very quickly, I don't understand why the Reds even allowed him to be at 118 pitches um, at that moment. This is a man's career. This is a young kid. Uh, there's no way that he was going to throw this no-hitter for 140 pitches or something like that. Just, what are you doing? Let Don't, don't put him through this. Um, I was very shocked by it, and I think it's kind of a sign of like, I don't know. The Reds are not the organization that we want them to be. All right, back to the show. We're going to have some uh, some bumps and, and spoofs and goofs that happen over the course of this. So thank you, chat, for letting us know. I don't know if the audio is worse than Carlos Hernandez's fastball. That might be taking it <laughs> a, a little bit too much. But yeah, we're going to work on some of those audio issues. But to get back to what you were talking about with, with the Reds, right? I mean, what do you like? Is there anything there of like the Reds are kind of such a, uh, a lightly a mess of an organization right now that it's kind of nice for their fans to have something to get excited about in the moment? Or is it? Like, you know, you should be thinking more into the future, right? And thinking about Hunter Green's arm health, right? Right. No, exactly. I understand that, hey, maybe we have this moment, as you're saying, uh, for the Reds. But no, no. If if, if you're a Reds fan, you're excited about what you're going to see for Hunter Green. And I, I'm worried. I'm just worried that there might be some ramifications for this. I normally talk about the no-hitter hangover um, where we see guys after that game. You know, we saw Joe Musgrove last year. He needed a little extra time to recover from his no-hitter. Uh, and I, I worry that maybe that will have some long-term ramifications for Hunter Green because of this. I know that in the past, we've seen guys go 115 pitches, no problem. That's fine. And maybe down the line, Hunter Green can be that guy, but not in his first season. You do not want to push him like this. 
So it's a slightly different set of circumstances, but did you feel the same way about Kershaw with the perfect game earlier in the season? Like I thought that was the right move. move. To take him out? I, honestly, yeah. you got to do that. And I, and I get it. I, I, I like, if you want to put him out there for one more um, innings, you know, technically only six batters at most, mm-hmm. because then he'd get removed from the first time someone reaches base. But if you watch the game with Kershaw, he was not pristine in the sixth and seventh innings. I mean, his slider was supposed to be down and in constantly as, hanging up in the zone and there are many times that those twitters hitters should have gone ahead or they normally would have and they just didn't so you know there are those nuances of the game that you can just look at the box score and say oh he only threw x amount of pitches and he should have been able to do it but there were signs already that kershaw was fatigued and was throwing intense pitches at that point and you do not want that in the first start of the season for a guy that is supposed to be there through the entire year i mean unfortunately he's on the il right now i don't think it's because of that but yeah, you have to you have to be smart about it with a manager for what the season is um, than in the moment. And I think Dave Roberts did the right thing. It's funny. I was actually, you know, let, let's go ahead. Let's just do these fun name drops. Right? I was having a conversation <laughs> with uh, with David Cohn, and he was talking about the Kershaw no hitter. I think he made his thoughts known about this in one of the broadcasts as well. And he was saying that the off ramp, which I always thought was kind of interesting, the off ramp as a manager is, I think, the eighth inning is what. He- he said, right? Meaning mm-hmm. he, that's where he, the manager's opportunity to go out right before the eighth inning and say, okay, you're coming in or you're not coming in for this no hitter or for this perfect game. And if it gets to the eighth, then you're just letting him go until he right. ends up giving up the no hitter or ends up giving up the, uh, the, the, uh, the perfect game. And I thought that was kind of an interesting concept, right? I mean, like the notion of just an off ramp for a pitcher was, I thought pretty interesting, but listen, We've got plenty of other topics that we want to get to. The next one was another big thing that happened in the news this week, which was Albert Pujols uh, turning into a Cy Young candidate. Really, like that's I think it's kind of the best way to put it. Um, now we've we've heard all the different. Is amazing, you know the, the is it negative. His xFIP is incredible. You know that's really the the real stat that we should be looking at here. All right. I think that, that I, I don't really necessarily want to talk about the incredible uh, arsenal of uh, Albert Pujols. What I do want to talk about is the Cardinals' really hot start. I mean, they're 19 and 16 currently. They're right behind the Brewers, like three and a half games back behind the Brewers, but sitting firmly in second place right now. They've done all of this without Jack Flaherty, right? Mm. Uh, are, are they kind of for real? Is this a team that you think is going to be able to make a legitimate push over the course of the season? I mean, the Cardinals always find a way, don't they? Fast, it's it's the Cardinals' devil magic. Um, I love Team Juan Jurassic Yepes. Park. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Juan Yepes coming to the team, joining the team is amazing. You have uh, Nolan Gorman as well that hopefully can make an impact later this season. But Nolan Arenado is still doing great things. So is Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond at the top of that rotation. And while Adam Wainwright isn't quite the man that we you know wanted him to be, it's kind of almost as if him and Miles Michaelis have swapped places. As Michaelis once again tonight produced, uh, it, it's fun. Uh, you know, defense is still elite as there is. And when I look at the NL Central, I mean, it's the Cardinals and the Brewers. The Cubs aren't really going to be making a major play. We know the Reds aren't, and we know the Pirates aren't. So there's always an opportunity there. Get them to the playoffs, and kind of who knows from there. So yeah, it could be really fun in St. Louis. Nick, we got our first pivot. 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 What do we got? We're pivoting. It brought up something that I've been thinking about the past couple of days, and because I was so scatterbrained when we were prepping and planning and thinking yeah. about what we were going to talk about, this completely got away from my mind. So this is a pivot. It's a it's hot. We're coming in hot, and I want your hot thoughts on it, okay? I don't know if you've been watching a lot of San Francisco Giants games, right? But one of the things, maybe the only reason I might have noticed this is because I was rostering Jock Peterson for a while on my fantasy team. We're not talking about fantasy. We're talking about baseball. I've noticed that teams 
seem to be pinch hitting much more often, right? And this is something that I think the Giants have been doing a lot where they're really playing the matchups to the point um, where it's not about who's starting which game. It's also about who the relievers are, and then they're going to pinch hit for whoever. Yesterday, Wilmer Flores pinched hit for Jock Peterson, who was cleanup, I believe, coming into the game. And I think the same thing happened earlier today uh, with the Dodgers. I might be misremembering, but I think Cattell Marte, who was originally scratched with something with his hand, um, came into pinch hit for Josh Rojas. Sure. Do you think with no DH you know, we're kind of heading to a a period in baseball where we start to see that a little bit more, where guys who are really good hitters start to get pinch hit for guys that might be able to have better numbers against a particular reliever. Yeah, that that absolutely could be happening. I mean, I think with the DH, you get more opportunities to to have those moments. You had all these NL teams with pinch hitters beforehand that were had to be saved. And now they don't necessarily need to be just work with the matchups now instead of using them for that one time that you'll need uh to, to replace the pitcher so yeah absolutely i mean we've been seeing this kind of stuff with the rays even about just the mm. super lefty heavy lineups versus the right-handed ones i i'm not i'm not too shocked about it i'm um, sorry for your fantasy but honestly we're not going to talk about fantasy today that's it no more fantasy team stuff fast this is the baseball yeah, can't show. say it is the baseball right show i mean <clears throat> how do you feel about it like if you're going to a game right how do you mm. really feel about it as a fan you know well it uh, could go both ways like if you're there for jock peterson that's one thing but mm-hmm. you can also say, oh, cool, I get to see more of my players in this game because this guy That's is an interesting perspective. Player. You know, the my and there is one perspective of my wall because as we're asking this question, the whole sound panel fell down. Mm-hmm. And even it felt a little disturbed um, at the idea. So, you know, I'm going to side my wall here and say, you know what? No more pinch hitting. I want to see my guys. Nobody. I want to see Jack Peterson the entire game. All right. Yeah. I mean, the only way that I can think of it, like people being uh, upset about it, is if it would if it would slow the pace of play, right? That would sure. be something that people would get upset about. But obviously, it doesn't. Guys are going to know up, you know, advance. Hey, you're going to come up. You're in the batter's box. Uh, it's definitely something for more people to argue about, right? If Wilmer Flores came in last night and had a poor showing, it's like, well, Jock Peterson might have hit a home run there. Um, so it's something interesting to keep track of. Um, the other thing that I want to pivot to before we get to our first segment here is. Something that happened today in the Dodgers game with a really poor check swing call, right? This speaks to a larger thing about the way that umpires are being talked about, right? Anytime you go and check, you're going to see that the umps are getting it a lot. So here's here's the example, right? Dave Roberts actually got ejected because this was called a a, uh, not a swing. This was ruled not a swing. It actually ended up leading to a run scoring. Dodgers would still win the game actually really close to turning the tide here we'll say it again of course the Dodgers still won yeah or no i mean they've they've been kind of rough recently it's been it's not been pretty and the people in la really upset about it Hmm. here's the other thing too that i bring into this conversation called strike rates are basically more correct than they've ever been in the history of the sport right now the umpires are actually doing better by a few metrics than Mm -hmm. ever before what do you think is the issue? Is it social media kind of blowing things up out of proportion? Is it, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I would say you're completely right. We have more exposure to uh, to what's right and wrong. It's less of us just kind of sitting on our armchair and yelling at the TV to now we actually have more communication about it and more technology to kind of showcase it when it's not exactly on the zone. You know, those I, those boxes you see on TV are not 100% correct. 
And it's really hard to define a strike zone. Uh, so for us to be upset because just half an inch, not even a millimeter of the ball is outside of, of the zone, then, you know, we think like the umpire needs to get that right. But it happens all the time. And, you know, if you look back at the 1990s and you watch a lot of these games, even the famous ones, of course, with LeVon Hernandez's start in the playoffs, but just a traditional game, there were a lot of terrible, terrible calls. And it was the nature of the game. And now that we have so much more uh, scrutiny on everything, it's going to feel like it's more exposed and more uh, or heightened relative to before. But being an umpire is a really, really tough job. Yes, there are some that are truly exceptions that maybe don't deserve to be behind the plate. But there are so many that do such a good job of it. It's really, really tough to do. And I, I do, you know, I do see in other sports, of course, there is also activity of of fouls and flags and everything like that. And, you know, we, we don't give enough credit to the umpiring done in the majors for the most part. Um, it's easy for us to yell at it, but I do want to believe that robumps will come because I think both sides will be happy about it. Have a challenge system. Don't slow down the game because every single play needs to be exactly right. Every single pitch needs to be right. But if people are upset, they have the opportunity to challenge it. I don't see why really, there won't be a play that isn't challengeable. I hear that all the time. Like this one is, this one isn't. I don't understand why exactly for a lot of these. And the more that we open that up and have a smoother system as a simple as a challenge thing, hey, I'm using my challenge as a pitcher today and the umpire just taps something. It's a green light or a red light. And there you go. Move on. Got the call right. That's it. Done. I think that stuff can be implemented and will be implemented in due time. So here, there's a few thoughts that I have about that. One, I do love the notion of a, of a pitcher being able to use one challenge per appearance. But what cracks me up is like, I don't think pitchers have the best judgment whatsoever, especially sure. in, in the moment. You know what I mean? They're so brimming with confidence as they should be when they're on the mound and everything that they're throwing is a is a strike. And uh, listen, we are not sponsored by the MLB um, union, but I do very much feel a sense of compassion because I think their job is extremely thankless, right? We, we, we yeah. rarely you know, tweet fantastic umpiring performance. And there are a slew of fantastic young umpires, but I will say this, I, to the best of my understanding in the umpires union, the way that they are grading a strike or excuse me, a missed strike that is two inches off the plate is the same in their grading system as a missed strike that is four inches off the plate, right? There's no weighted gradient. And that to me is a, if we end up not pivoting to robo umpires, which I don't think we will for a few more years, I think they still want to get the kinks out. We could be three or four years away. Maybe, I don't know. But if we do do that, like that seems like a very simple thing to come up with a better grading system, right? If you miss by a lot, that should reflect. Um, I will say the last thing on this, I really wish we did what the KBO did, which is umpires getting, sent down and called back up like oh, that man. is yeah that's just never that's gonna happen because of the awesome. union no no yeah. it'll never happen i know i know with the union and, and by the way before we continue i we are going to be giving away some pl plus on this show and how we're going to be doing it um because we want to thank everybody tuning in live uh we're going to show a uh, a player page from pitcher list uh, of a player and it's going to be here in just a moment you're going to see that figure out who it is Keep it to yourself. And at the end of the show, uh, when we are live, uh, you will get to put that name into chat. If you get it right, uh, you'll be eligible to win. We're giving away two free months of PL Plus, not just one, two. Uh, so make sure you take a look at this, study it, think of who could that be, and get ready to do it at the end of the show. 
Um, but we should get to some segments fast. We we gotta first of all we gotta have the like the the who could it be now? We gotta get that like that music. For <laughs> yeah, the we got it. We'll, we'll get the music or something. You know, it's it's the yeah. first show. We we feel very it's the lucky first show. We're gonna lie to have all these little fun things going on. Uh, yes, and uh, you know Eric's doing a great job, and he's you know, doing, Eric's crushing it. And so here's the thing: a few weeks ago, Nick touched me up and gave me the opportunity to go talk to Eric's school. That's something that I want to do more. But if I'm going to do that, I need to advertise my mm. services. I need to advertise my services. So what did I do? Well, I took a second, wrote a little thing at two o'clock in the morning when I couldn't get my baby to sleep. And I came up with this very dumb fake commercial edited by the brilliant Josh Sperry that I'm very excited to show with you. So hopefully we can get these audio issues uh, uh, fixed. Let us know in the chat if the audio is still a little wonky. But Nick and I are going to take a step back. We're going to watch this very dumb commercial with you we want i think we're having some technical issues no we're go ahead we're, we're gonna get it, up. so what you. i did is i was going through a really dark phase in my life <laughs> and i everything felt uh very nihilistic very german expressionist very um you know like so i said you know what john cage came up with a piece of music called 343 which is just three minutes and 43 seconds of silence i think that's what it's called mm. and i wanted to combat that and i thought that was really gonna um, I think that was a symbol to of, of, you know, I, uh, just how many pictures are going to be reaching out to you, right? Exactly. Uh, that was it. It's just, just it a was void. just a, a void. It was a void. I wanted to open up my heart to the world. And what better way to do that than to just keep it all black? <laughs> yeah, didn't you see all the pictures there that were just running to go, to go talk to just No, we're just dying. All right, let's try to do it one more time. Let's Here see if go. we can get it to work. Hey, it's me, post-processing Nick again. And this was a time where we played a video and it was just black and it didn't work. And it was pretty funny live, actually. Uh, but go check out the videos. We posted them on Twitter and on, on YouTube. They're pretty great. But uh, we'll be there next time. Anyway, back to the show. I believe it, Eric. Listen, we knew there were going to be bumps and spoofs and yeah. goofs. I feel like we're part of the uh, you know the Pittsburgh Pirates right now. You know? Why do you say that? Because we're, we're, we're going knowing that, you know, I... <laughs> we don't know... <laughs> I'm not going to finish go the on. sentence. No, oh, I, I got okay. nothing. I, I got nothing. Absolutely nothing. All right. While we while we go ahead and try and get some of those, uh, uh, you know, kinks worked out, let's go ahead and move on to the next uh, baseball topic that we wanted to talk sure. about. Eric, you let us know if you're able to get that working, and if so, then we'll go back to it and we'll and uh, we'll, we'll we'll debut it. If not, we can always debut it on Twitter a little bit later. Um, one prompt that I wanted to talk about before we move on to the pitch of the week and the pitcher of the week and the hitter of the week. I want to give Eric a little more time to get that commercial up. So yeah. this prompt that I saw on Twitter is I think a really interesting conversation that I'd like to have with you. And this is coming from at DBIT lefty. And he says, I was thinking about this prompt and I'm curious about other people's opinions. I might have one, but I'm not sold on it among pitchers, not position players currently in major league baseball. Who is the youngest player that will ultimately end up in the Hall of Fame. That's an interesting question. Right. Yeah, no, so it's really Perfect. tough. You can you can cheat it. You can pretty much say like, well, okay. I uh, Jacob DeGrom is the one that we know that it is, right? I uh, but you we're really asking like who of the young ones do we actually project to truly being in the Hall of Fame? And it's really tough because there's a theory or there's a feeling right now and a lot of these young studs that we have are not necessarily equipped to last the amount of time that Scherzer and Verlander and Kershaw and Grom are right now. Um, I can make a case, honestly, for one guy, 
Sandy Alcantara. Uh, oh. And he might be on the younger side. I believe he's under 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that might be the case. I uh, Unless there's someone that really sparks in the next year or two without actually being a, a strong one right now. Um, you could say maybe even Pablo Lopez on that side, but I think that he's his longevity, his amount of innings aren't going to be like it is with, with Alcantara because that's really the main element I'm taking away is how many innings are is Shane McClanahan going to throw and at this level where he needs to be, right? Um, it, it's hard, and I don't have a great answer. Maybe Alec Manoa can do this forever. Yeah, uh, that would be a fun one. Uh, I know Josh Berry is going to say Kyle Wright, even though he had like three terrible seasons already. Um, but uh, yeah, Joe Ryan, I'm seeing from the chat from the, the constant law. Uh, maybe that's the case, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I hope it is McClanahan. He's certainly a McClanahan fan, and that's what Ellen Adair so, is letting me know right now. That's obviously Shane McClanahan. We would so actually, this is a conversation when Nick and I were like, you know, figuring out who we thought a, a little bit earlier. Shane McClanahan is a name that came up, and like, it, he is a great guest. Like, I guess if I was truly a betting man, I'd probably put my money on him. My concern is sometimes excuse me, the Rays can kind of burn out those arms, especially when they're like high velocity arms. Like it wouldn't surprise me if in two years, Shane McClanahan was a part of a trade that had us questioning the Rays like we do every time they right. trade away. Right, their don't, best oh pitchers. Man, let's, not, let's not put that into the universe. I, I hope not, I hope not. I'm gonna <laughs> keep it, I'm gonna keep my answer really specific because ooh, ooh, right? Uh, and right. I'm, I'm looking at the rookies from this year, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, uh, mix. There's not a lot of great names to choose from. Joe Ryan, which is probably the easy choice, could be a lot of fun and go with Spencer Strider. I'm going to oh, say no, no, not a chance. Sorry. I, no, I'm not saying it. I'm going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Uh, I, I'm going to say it's George Kirby. George Kirby. I can see that because uh, you would think more of a you know high floor guy now. Right. Someone that can just kind of do yeah. it for a while. Uh, and then maybe unlock something else that then pushes him above, right? I, I understand that philosophy um, when when tackling this. Uh, it, it's yeah, it's just so difficult to, to really do. I mean, Walker Bueller, how old is he? Yeah, um, I don't like. That's what I was thinking about Corbin Burns, but Walker uh, Corbin Burns is twenty seven, so I was like, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit too old. Walker Bueller is actually the same age; he's twenty seven as well. So Zach Gallen, I don't know. I'm seeing everyone surprised that I haven't mentioned. Yeah, it's good call. Oh, that's an interesting vision. one. Yeah. Zach Gallon is a really interesting one. I mean, obviously putting together a heck of a year. He's he's 26, so that might be a little bit on the older side for this prompt as well. Um, all right, before we move on to the next segment, we got word we're gonna try it one more time for this one commercial. If it doesn't work, we're, if it doesn't work, it is what it is, baby. We're having fun talking baseball. So let's try and see this commercial. Let's see if we can get it to work one more time. Maybe that it really was the fade out like was time. so dramatic. You know, it was there. It was, it was just there was there's a lot of smoke in the way. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys not see that? I saw it. And I thought it was yeah, hilarious and it won an Oscar. I, I feel saw. like you know what this is actually um you know like Paul Rudd with Conan O'Brien. With the oh That's really what should be <laughs> that, right now. The the what is that from? Uh, oh my god, I can't believe I can't remember the name of that movie Mac right now. Me. I got it. Yeah, Mac and me. Yeah. That's what we should do. That's what we should do. Every time we try to air a segment, it just goes to a dark screen. Uh, listen, it is what it is. We're going to move on to some of the other things that we wanted to talk about. So this is a segment that we were really excited about. Nick and I were thinking about what we wanted to talk about. And we were thinking, man, there are certain pitches that are thrown right now that maybe aren't as talked about, right? Like Nick, 
probably the first thing you think of when you think of change up is what uh sandoval uh sandoval's up there you see you think of pablo lopez but uh you know when i when i think about what we want to do is we want to highlight a new pitch every single week mm-hmm. and one that isn't necessarily talked about as much as others you know kevin gausman you can say even that's the change up that's a really a splitter i but i wanted to, i want to highlight something that got caught my eye this past week and that was chase Silseth's splitter um in his mlb Ooh. debut i 39 percent o swing uh 36 zone rate 21 percent swing strike rate really made a lot of these uh athletic hitters look foolish especially i mean the first two pitches he threw even was a 97 mile per hour fastball to tony kemp by a dirty change that went down in a way um, this is someone who's making his second start later this week against the athletics. And maybe you could say, oh, it was just the athletics, but there's a lot of hope in this. You know, that splitter is being set up by that mid nineties fastball that hopefully stays at that velocity. Uh, we did see later on in the start that Chase Sosa did fall down closer to the 93, 94 range. I um, mean, 97, even I think even one point pushing 98, uh, but man, armed with that fastball, fastball splitter combination. If you can do anything remotely close which is i mean right now gaussman's throwing like an 80 percent strike rate on fastballs which is just insane for how they do not get destroyed sets um you see that a silson yeah getting athletics again is going to help him with it so keep your eye out for that pitch it could be a really really fun one yeah, I dig that, and man, it's it is fun to watch that splitter. You did such a great breakdown of him and watching the first two pitches of the of the. Uh, you know, it's it's always difficult to encapsulate a pitcher in two pitches, but while that didn't do that, it did give you a pretty good idea of what you're working with with Silseth. So that was a really great video. If you haven't checked it out, you should go. <clears throat> you should go do that. Some of the swings he got that night, as you saw in that little highlight reel, uh, were, were fantastic. The pitch that I wanted to highlight for me that has kind of stuck out for me is kind of a surprise just kind of jumped out at me from a baseball savant page and that's michael lorenzen's fastballs Mm. now i if you're thinking about some of the greatest fastballs on the angels right now the first name that probably comes to mind is actually shohei otani right michael lorenzen's fastballs are actually better now when you go to the baseball savant page and you're looking at run value you're able to categorize by pitch type the one thing that stinks is when you're looking at fastballs, you're actually not looking at just a four-seamer or a sinking. You're looking at an amalgam of all of the fastballs that they have. So when I'm talking about Michael Lorenzen's fastballs, I'm talking about his sinker and his four-seamer. But actually, both of them are fantastic right now. If we're talking about run value on both of those pitches, it's actually the second best in all of baseball, meaning that his fastballs right now, as a combination, are some of the most dominant in baseball, especially on the edges of the plate, which was really surprising to me because this isn't really a guy who's particularly known for his command. It's also kind of shocking because the K rate hasn't necessarily been there for him. But when it comes to inducing weak contact, both of those pitches, his sinker and his four-seamer, of course, he features the sinker a little bit more than the four-seamer, have been really great at not giving up a lot of contact. Uh, The four-seamer has a 250. Woba right now, a 143 batting average against. And if you look at the sinker, it's actually not that far off. It has a 180 batting average against and a 208 Woba right now. It's funny because this is a guy you would kind of associate having really good breaking pitches, right? When he was a reliever, that changeup, well, it's not a breaking pitch, but the changeup was really great. He had that great off-speed pitch there. The slider was pretty effective for him at a 24% swing strike rate a few years ago. It hasn't been there for him, yeah, no, those breaking God. pitches at all no. i mean i think he has a i think what is it like a 16 percent k rate i know it's a 20, it's weird really bad yeah, yeah but those fastballs man 
Yeah. You don't think about him. You don't think about him a lot because of how no. he's been performing. They've been really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the O swing on the sinker. I mean, you guys know me. I care about sing- seeing sinkers of 30% or higher uh, on that O swing and 38% for Lorenzen so far. You know me. When you think of Nick Pollock, you think of, oh, how much I love those O swing sinkers. Sing, sing, sinkers. I don't know what I said. I probably said something stupid. Anyway, uh, the slider, yeah, is not the main pitch for Lorenzen. Yeah, those fastballs returning a lot of good value so far as far as results. Four seamer, really low CSW. That's why I think it's like 22% or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that is the big worry I have about the longevity of this. Um, There's still a decent amount of hard contact between both of them for Lorenzen, but the results have been there and the locations have been there well. So maybe he's just outperforming those peripherals given the command thus far of them. It's why Lorenzen has been good despite the slider having that sub 10% swing strike rate. I'll be curious to say which way the see which way the pendulum swings for him to see if maybe that slider starts to tick up a bit and he can start to get a few more whiffs or if the oh, yeah. fastballs start to fall away. Um, uh, listen, we, we've already talked about a, a pitch of the week, so um, we're going to come back to pitcher of the week. So we're not inundated in things. Oh no, we're going to actually hitters, do. Don't I? We're going to we're going to do it. We got we're it to do it. We're going to talk about hitter of the week. So I'm not even going to start. I want to know, Nick, mm. who is your hitter? of the week my hitter of the week is baseball's player of the week or i think hitter of the week i don't know whatever they assigned him and that's bryce harper and i gotta say this about him yes he has a 411 wrc plus in the past week all of that fine 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 he's an amazing hitter that's great the fact that he's doing this with a torn ucl is pretty dang cool you know you know i think one of the great elements of baseball is that every single year there are these amazing storylines of players performing under certain conditions and how, how they travel through the season to be who they are. And it's a game of consistency, a game of constant production. And nobody is going to go through a season without being sore or hurt or possibly missing games. And for Bryce Harper, who, you know, Bailey Freeman suggested was still oddly underrated, I uh, to do this and still perform is pretty freaking cool. You know, good job, Bryce. I'm proud of you, man. Put that team on your back. Now, the DH situation in Philly is going to be kind of funny, considering uh, now you got to see Nick Castellanos in right field and Kyle Schwarber playing in the field always and so on and so forth. And I feel bad for maybe Zach Wheeler and uh, Aaron Nola and some Ranger Suarez and Zach Eflin and whoever else is on that team. I'm sure there's someone massive. Kyle Gibson, your Kyle boy. Kyle Gibson. Your favorite. I, uh, you know, but nevertheless, you know, seeing Bryce Harper still producing despite a massive injury is really, really cool. You know, so who did you vote for in that poll? Which poll? In, in Foolish Baseball's uh, who's more underrated between Bryce Harper and Mike Trout? I think it was his poll. Uh, I would say it's Bryce Harper. You would say Bryce Harper? I yeah. actually voted for Mike Trout. And why is that? I think it's, I, I, I agree that both are underrated, but I think... You can't overrate Mike Trout. And also, he is still a name that if it wasn't for the fact that I had a T-shirt with his face that's literally the size of the T-shirt, my wife probably wouldn't know his name. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? And it, so that that's always going to be the answer for me, because I also think some people might know Bryce Harper a little bit more. I feel like he's a little bit more in the media. Mm. He's a little bit more flashy. He's done a bit more sponsorships. He owns a hair cuttery. Uh, Mike Trout tweets, go Eagles, go and loves the weather. Um, and as a result, has not really been the poster child for the sport. I have a lot of questions here. So first of all, hair cuttery? That's a word? 
isn't it? I mean, well, it's the name of a place, the haircuttery, isn't it? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. I mean, I think he owns hair. fellow barber. Go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, second thing, underrated to who is is really the question. So if you want to say to those that are not following baseball, yeah, I would absolutely argue that Mike Trout, who sh- is the greatest player of our generations, essentially, um, mm-hmm. should be heralded as such. You know, people yeah. say, oh, try and name a baseball player. It's David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez, and it should be Mike Trout, right? And Derek Jeter. Um, on the other side of it, to baseball fans, we all know the greatest player is Mike Trout. We know this. Yeah. It's, it's just established. I have my coffee table book of do it for the stories, I, Mike Trout drawings, um, because, of course, it's Mike Trout during the lockout, right? And Bryce Harper, we just kind of thought of, oh, yeah, he's really good, but he has, he's a Hall of Famer. Like we, He is a Hall of Famer, Bryce Harper, and he's do, in doing that right now in the prime of his career, and we're not really treating him as such. Um, we've said like, yes, we know Mike Trout is, but we don't realize that Bryce Harper is too. Uh, yeah. So in that way, for me, it's it's Bryce Harper. Yeah, that's a good point. I think there are both some some really valid points to it. We see some people in the chat bringing up how Juan Soto, another underrated baseball player. I think yeah. you can honestly say that every single baseball player is underrated. But again, how how Nick mentioned it, it's by how you're defying underrated. Whether they're you know stars in the media, if that's the definition, then yeah, every single one of them is is underrated. Absolutely. Right. Uh, what else? What else we got here? Uh, who's so, your uh, we're hitter of the week? Fast. My hitter of the week is another guy that's theoretically underrated. You know, it's funny. A couple of weeks ago, we had this great clip from Travis Jankowski where he was like, hey, man, no one's going out there and buying my jersey. Right. Which I loved because then people went out there and they bought jerseys and then the Mets put his his like jersey everywhere. Um, but to me, there's another guy on that team who, in my opinion, outside of New York Mets fandom, no one's really buying his jersey. They're buying DeGrom. They're buying Scherzer. They're buying Alonzo. But I want to talk about the guy who's arguably the best center fielder in the National League right now, and that's Brandon Nemo. I mean, he's mm. his, his baseball savant page right now just looks like the, the elevator in The Shining. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's 85th percentile or better in, in exit velocity, in ex-WOBA, in walk rate, in WOBA, in chase rate. He's barreling the ball more so than he ever has before in his career. He's got a near 11% barrel rate, which is pretty significant for him. And the increased barrel rate isn't just on four seamers. It's actually across all pitch types. Uh, He's swinging outside of the zone more often, oddly enough, and making more contact while swinging less inside the zone, but making more contact. He's just making more contact all over the place. (laughs) I think he's waiting for his pitch a little bit more. Uh, That's kind of what that leads me to believe, and he's having a lot of success doing it. He's really the the total package. I mean, he leads the NL among catcher, excuse me, among uh, center fielders in F-War, in WOBA, in WRC+. He's an above-average defender, according to outs above average, with a really good jump on the ball. He's also, interestingly enough, a free agent this year, I believe. And there are a lot of competitive teams that could use a center fielder starting next year. Obviously, the Mets would have to completely fall apart for them to even consider moving Brandon Nimmo. But uh, I don't know. Maybe next year he could be in a Red Sox uniform. I don't know if they're, oh, we'll you see. know, maybe you heard Hernandez. Hernandez turns it around. Yeah, yeah, you heard it here first. But he it's an interesting it's an it's interesting. I, I, he's been, he's been amazing. Uh, I will say the last five years, and including 2018, Brandon Nimmo has had an OBP below 400 just once. That's unbelievable. Astounding. Absolutely astounding. Hopefully we get, you know, that 140 game season that we saw in 2018. 
once again for Nemo as it was 69 games in 2019, 92 in 2021, and so far so good in 2022. No one is more fun to watch run to first base too, right? I mean, like that. There's no one better to watch take a walk because he just like sprints over <laughs> over to first. Uh, and I I apologize. I said Nemo at the top. It is Nemo. The reason I said Nemo, I went to a uh, Brooklyn Cyclones game when he was there, and the bobblehead was uh, Brandon Nemo, like holding a bag of uh, of goldfish. Oh, that's pretty away. great. I, I think that. Ah, um, dingus gave it away. <laughs> um, all right. So before we move on to the next segment, we, we, we got to talk about it. It's not a, it's not fantasy, but we can still talk about pitchers. Uh, Nick, I would like to know who your pitcher of the week is. Well, if you guys know me, I give out what's called an ace is going to ace label um, to those mm-hmm. that truly have become elite and we expect them to be elite moving forward. And there are a couple of guys that I gave it to this week. And I want to just highlight Pablo Lopez. 11 strikeouts, one and run, seven innings against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, he has allowed zero or one run in all but one of his starts this season. It is incredible. And what's even more incredible to me is he's doing it with just a fastball and a changeup. Sometimes the cutter shows up. And the last start actually had a nice strikeout on that cutter down and away. But primarily, this is four seamers and changeups. Really nice four seamers in this last start. It was 12 called strikes on that. While the changeup had 14 whiffs on its own. Uh, Pablo Lopez, he does good things. I mean, you can see right now, look, look, look at these change-ups. They're incredible. Mm-hmm. Cutter away for a strikeout. Uh, Pablo Lopez was higher than Alcantara for me this week, and which is really hard for me to do because I absolutely adore Sandy yeah. Alcantara throwing 90, sorry, throwing 100 on his 93rd pitch of the day. Uh, but yeah, Pablo Lopez is just consistent and dominating right now. And I just hope he can, can keep doing it and avoid that blow up. He is a lot of fun, man. He is so fun to watch. And he, he's just a, the, the reason I we started this conversation by like pitches that are totally underappreciated. You said the Pablo Lopez changeup, but I every time uh, I feel like the the larger conversation with baseball fans happens about some of the greatest changeups in baseball, because, maybe because of Miami or whatever it is, his name isn't mentioned. And I just think it's it's just an amazing pitch. It's just an amazing pitch. But that brings me to a guy who I think has another fantastic changeup, though he doesn't use it as much. And that's my pitcher of the week. Surprise, surprise. And that's Tarek Skubal. I swear this is not because I just had the pleasure of interviewing him. I just really enjoy what he's doing. I like that we've seen this increase in the slider usage. I like that he just had, you know, even if it was against the Orioles, I like that he had that dominant 11K game with no earned runs, just three hits, two walks over innings and aside from this one really poor performance against minnesota where there should have been maybe one or two earned runs and i really need to pick back that campaign up where i was i promised myself i was gonna like tweet the video of the hit that was ruled a hit uh where it should have been an error every day Mm. until they changed their minds it should (laughs) not have been a hit it's insane that it was ruled a hit totally changes his era i digress i love how efficient he's been with his strikeouts i mean the put away rate on the changeup and the sinker and the slider are all like career highs for him right now. He said to himself that he's actually like kind of fallen in love with all of these pitch types that he has. And Nick, I'm kind of curious for your thoughts on this because the big thought that we have about Tarek Skubal is, hey, you've got this curveball. It's beautiful. <laughs> you know, your pitching coach says throw it more, but you're out there on the mound. And, I, I you know, Tarek Skubal gave me the impression that he's like, yeah, it's a good pitch. I really do like it. But gosh, I'm so in love with my slider. I'm so right, in love right. with my changeup. Talk to me about, you know, is, is this something that you're familiar with? Kind of falling in love with your pitches, which is kind of preventing you from going towards other pitches? 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, you get you get trigger happy kind of not trigger happy, I should say, but you really see like, oh, I, I'm finally doing something I've never done before. And that's really cool and fun. And you just keep doing that. Right. Uh, it does remind me a lot of that conversation that you had with Eric Scuba about Jacob deGrom saying why he doesn't throw his curveball, which would be the number two pitch for any other pitcher in the majors. And that when deGrom threw his curveball and allowed to hit, he just thought, well, why didn't I throw my slider or my fastball? Why did I throw my curveball and allow this guy to get a hit? And I can understand that with Scuba. We we certainly love the shape of that pitch, though, um, with Scuba and throwing it about five times in a game. I, I, you know, we have our stance on this sitting here from afar that the pitch could probably be thrown maybe 10% of the time instead of about 5% of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is really nice to see Tarek Scuba come together with that slider and that changeup. I've always thought this fastball was really good despite getting hit really hard last year. I saw that more as a problem with his secondaries not coming together. Thus, batters can go into the box and really cheat on that heater knowing that they can identify the slider and and changeup and really lay off of those. Um, when they be thrown, allowing them to really sell out um, for that heater and, and crush it. This year, though, you can't really do that. They're throwing a lot more sliders and effectively so getting strikes with them while the change of the end showed up last time. I love it. And don't forget, yeah, that heater's still really good. So all that combined, I can understand why he's not throwing that curveball as much. All right, we got good news and we got bad news right now. So the bad news is we're not going to be able to show some of the segments that we had pre-filmed for this, but the good news is that the fun is going to carry on tomorrow. I'm sure Nick is going to tweet out his segment first thing in the morning, if not right after this. I will definitely make sure to tweet out the the the, the new base hits and the commercial. So you'll be able to see them. You'll be able to see them. Mm. Uh, you're just going to have to get one more sleep. Yeah, you're, you if you tune in tomorrow morning and for my morning stream, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., the first thing that I will do is I will play each of the segments oh, that we sense. had for this show. So make sure you that's tune in. That's very lovely. That's very lovely. But it doesn't mean that we are done. Uh, we I, Oh, wait, hold on. Eric is you saying one more time. We can try one more time. So let's do it. We'll let Bring uh, on uh, the uh, void. We're going to try it one more time. Maybe it doesn't work. Let's see the void. Enter the void. Let's see it. This is this is my favorite. I love it. It's back at me, man. I love it. Oh, oh, that was was a crushing depression. It was. I thought I heard something in the background. It was Eric talking to us. That cracks me up. That might have been worth it. Even if Eric was just playing a joke (laughs) on us, it really made me laugh. Don't worry, we're not done though. We're not done. We still have one more thing that we want to talk about that's baseball related. Before we let you guys go, we're so we've got got a slew of things. We we had too many things planned, and we knew that coming in. Yeah, 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 no, this is our big topic. It's the topic big. that we want to kind of, yeah, big topic here. But before we do it, you know, you guys have joined us. We, we, I've seen the numbers spiking and you guys are responsive in the chat. We're so happy you're here. We hope you enjoy it. Yes, we're having some small errors, but we're going to get better and better each week. And it means the world to us to be able to look out and see that you're actually tuning in for this. Yeah, crazy. So, so. So don't miss a show. I uh, Go ahead. You can subscribe to this channel on Twitch. You can also subscribe to our podcast as well and leave a rating or review for that. This is the first official one from the Nick and Alex baseball show. It's own individual podcast feed. So go look for that. And of course, you can check it out on YouTube the next day. We're This is not a one-time event. Nope. This is every week, baby. Every this week, is our time, time to talk baseball. Every and we're going to we're gonna have those fun segments, um, which is, you know... I don't know how people are going to react to me actually breaking down a hitter for once. It's weird. It, they don't know what to expect. It's actually you like having him in a, in a, in a therapist chair, like just fully <laughs> breaking him down. Like where did your I, father I go a wrong? Video. I actually like 
took time and did edits and everything. And it looks it, terrible it's great. at times. Let me tell you, it looks bad. No, but, no, no. Uh, you know, it's, it's a fun little video. It's good. It's a lot of fun. But uh, we want to get to this last big thing that we're going to talk about. It's a big topic. So I want to dive into it. Right. Sure. And I want to do like a quick standings check in. The reason I wanted to look at this is I had a little bit of a surprise today when I was looking at the standings and I was like, oh, my God. Wow. The Yankees have a plus 73 run differential. Yeah. And it led us to this question at the moment right now. What is the best division in baseball, according to you, Nick? You know, I I don't know, man. I I, I still want to say it's the AL East. I really do. Uh, the Red Sox are currently 13 games back. Mm. And I, I just feel that's so wrong. From the Yankees, that's more of an indication of the worst case scenario for the Red Sox and the best case for the Yankees, right? Meanwhile, yeah. you have the Jays that are 20 and 17. You have the Rays that are 22 and 15. And when you think about the Rays this year, I'm like, sure, there's Shane McClanahan and there's Wander Franco and um, and that right. Brandon and it, Lo- somehow it's still 22 and 15. You know, oh. I, I I still feel that also your Orioles are going to get better as the season goes on. Grayson Rodriguez is going to come up. Adley Rutschman is going to come up. D.L. Hall is going to come up. Cal Bradish, I think, is actually a good pitcher that can develop more so through the year. Maybe your boy Bruce Zimmerman is truly going to break out with that slider and change up over time. I would love to see it. Yes, they lost John Means, unfortunately. Uh, but that still could be a good team. That is not like a 61 team. I could actually be closer to 75. So for me, it's still the AL East, but you can make a case for another division or two. And I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, the easy answer in my mind is the West, right? Because the uh, the NOS, excuse me, because the Arizona Diamondbacks have kind of shocked a lot of people and they've come out firing out of the gate. I mean, they had, I think, a top 10 rotational ERA a couple of days ago. I don't Mm. know if uh, um, the line that one um but i i was gonna leave with that but the more that i look at it the more that i'm actually leaning the al west mm. because I'm, I'm gonna change what i mean about the best division in baseball and i want to focus then on not just where where the most parody could be uh, yes this is sponsored by shohotani and the yes, AOS. um it's not necessarily where the most parody could be but i do believe that there could be some parody there between the astros the angels and the mariners even though they're off to a slow start I think it just might be one of the divisions that actually excites me most just in terms of the players that are inside of the division, right? They can, of course, make that case for the West because the Dodgers are chock-a-block with really great players. The Padres have their superstars. The Giants have Logan (laughs) Webb. Um, (laughs) No, but like you think about the Astros, you think about the Angels, obviously, with two of the biggest superstars in the sport right now. You think of the Texas Rangers, and while there aren't many great pitching names that you can bring up, it's still a fun team for Corey Seager and Marcus Semien, despite how much they're struggling right now. The Seattle Mariners, there's a lot of really fun young names to talk about right now with Julio Rodriguez, maybe Kalanick turning it around a little bit, Robbie Ray. um, And even the Oakland Athletics, Christian Pache might be the best follow on Twitter right now you know what i mean like he is a fit and i love that right we need that that purity and that's that like that sense of goodness in the sport right now so i i don't know yeah it's uh you know the the murders might turn around but who who knows i kind of dig it yeah no i'm with you on that one uh the angels are taylor wade for the playoffs as well um how do we cancel that was that wasn't good we cancel wade he's so good though he's so good cancel this show yeah, we, yeah, there it is, guys. Well, it's been a fun run. It's been fun. It's been uh, a great episode. I, I, the biggest question I have about the Angels is is the sustainability of that rotation. 
Um, I hope that Seche Silseth will be a steady sixth man for them. Um, I wonder if Lorenzen can keep this up at this level. We just saw Noah Syndergaard uh, get his serving of regression. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm curious what that will look like in a couple months. Um, that said, I think it's the best thing for baseball that the Angels are a successful team and they're a fun team. And it just means that Mike Trout and, and Shohei Otani get even more national coverage, which is just a fantastic thing. Uh, and the Rangers, I will say, are interesting at the very least. Mm. I don't think Marcus Semien is this. You know, he doesn't have a single home run right now. Yeah. Uh, I think that Corey Seager is still really good. I think there are some interesting uh, pitchers on that team, too, like Glenn Otto. Uh, you have John Gray finally kind of waking up with that slider this past week. 11 whiffs on that. Mm -hmm. um, and I could see that really taking a, 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 you know, him taking many steps as he has his health now, too, uh, for Texas. So they are you know, some interesting pieces that we never really expected the Rangers to still be at the bottom of the barrel there in the AL West. And then the Athletics, you know, the Athletics will always find some way to not be a 40 win team. You know, yeah, without they'll, a doubt, they'll, they'll find a way. And uh, yeah, I, I'm with you here. I think that's a fantastic division as well. Um, I, I, I just I just really hope the Angels come out on top. Are the are the Angels like one Frankie Montas away from being a very <laughs> legitimate contender? I uh, I would say they are health away from being a very legitimate contender. Interesting. Right. I mean, that that's the thing about the Angels rotation. Actually, I'm even seeing this here inside of chat right now. Exactly the same thing. I uh, and we've seen it constantly that we make fun of the Angels rotation failing to stay healthy. They have so far. Uh, and yeah, as long as that sticks, and then I think they're this kind of team. The results have been there, too. They are a top, I think, a top five rotation by ERA and a top 10 bullpen by ERA mm. right now. And obviously, ERA is not the best indicator overall, and especially not for uh, relievers. But still, it's not like they're bottom of the barrel right now. It's actually been, they've been very effective. When you look at the standings right now, and this could be, uh, this could pertain to an overall division or a team in general. What do you think is the biggest surprise to you? Good or bad? Uh, inside the division of the AL West, or just no, no, no. It could, it, this could be like the 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 AL I'm Central. Sorry, is I was the still internalizing what the guy's name was, and it's Taylor Ward. Uh, I finally got this. there. Finally okay, got, we got what his name was. It's good. Uh, what it's is okay? It, I'm all this, right. This could be, I'm fine. This could be the biggest shock. Like the AL Central is a huge shock, or this could be a team. Like that team is a big <laughs> shock, and it could be. I would say the Marlins currently being tied for second in the NL East. Mm. Um, and I love that. Because the rotation is that good, and Trevor Rogers hasn't been as bad as y'all think he has been as far as productive starts in that rotation. And of course, you have Pablo Lopez, and of course, you have Sandy Alcantara there as well. Um, and who's this Lazardo, who unfortunately just went uh, on the IL? But that has been a massive shock to me. Um, that you know, it was kind of a dark horse conversation that we we're having in the preseason. Uh, maybe it's an indication of Atlanta being 16 and 20 and the Phillies being 17 and 19. Uh, but just seeing the Marlins present there to me is a wonderful shock. Yeah, I, I think the Marlins. I think that's uh, that's a that's a good one. I mean, anytime that rotation can get more of the limelight too, like I'm I'm kind of all about. To me, I think it's the Tigers and their kind of slow mm. start. I really kind of had high hopes. I because they, you know, were almost a playoff team last year. They were definitely in the race as it came down to the end of the season. And I thought they were going to be able to build upon that. You know, they've had a lot of pitching injuries. Casey Mize goes down. Matt Manning goes down. So Tarek Skubal's kind of, you know, got to... 
carry the load. Eduardo Rodriguez took a little while before he really got going. The offense has been super sluggish, and here they are now at 13 and 24 at the bottom of the division. So that to me has kind of been the biggest shock. Obviously, very early, very, very early. Um, I'm hoping they can turn it around because I think they have a fun. I think they have a really fun young squad, but I definitely was shocked by how sluggish it's been. Yeah, I mean, Akil Badu getting sent down as well um, yep. is a big deal. Yeah, and, and Torkelson hasn't quite clicked yet. I think he will at some point, but it's it's not looking like the, you know, the resounding hitter that we wanted Tork to be uh, for the Tigers. I think they'll, you know, come around in due time. Um, but I, but yeah, I mean, I remember us talking about Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal and Matt Manning thinking, oh man, all these three great guys, which one's going to be the best, you know? And it's good that Tarek Skubal is really taking that step forward. Casey Mize wasn't necessarily a bad pitcher, just not necessarily an ace um, for that uh, or flirting with that for the Detroit Tigers. And Matt Manning has been not what, you know, I, what they wanted for him so far in Detroit. Hopefully he does find that for him. And I think that is a bit of the weakness for him. And I will say, too, the schedule has been really rough for the for the Tigers, especially for Eduardo Rodriguez, who has had only one comfortable outing um, the entire season. Uh, and maybe that does get easier as it goes on and opens the door for more confidence. And then when they do face those tougher teams again, um, there can be a different shift in, or they can be shifting their mentality. They can allow them to win those tough games. But here's the thing, Pat. Here's the thing. We have only four or five minutes left. And there was one segment that I really wanted to do that I was so excited about um, that I want to throw at you. Um, and what we're going to do first, because we only have four minutes left, is right now, if you remember that image of the player page and who that is, type in their name now to be eligible to win PL+. Plus. We're going to give away two of them. So put that player's last name into Twitch chat to be eligible for it. But we're going to go to Wild Thoughts right now. Wild Thoughts. And, you know, I think we can each do one. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to put you on the spot if you don't need it. I have one already. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially wild thoughts is just a day of, Hey, you have the game of baseball, but here's a wild thought. And what I would say is what if, what if a player or a team could decide before the game starts, we want the juice ball or the dead ball. And it goes oh. to, uh, it, it alternates every single game. I think that would be absolutely hilarious. And then you'd actually have the pitchers know how to pitch based on what ball they are throwing with. At the very mm-hmm. least, I would even argue that this is a better scenario than right now, where it seems like you randomly get one type of ball. Yeah. Uh, it's insane, the uh, the lack of consistency among the Major League Baseballs. And to be able to say, okay, we have two boxes. We got one on the left, we got one on the right. You got the juice one, and it's next to like a pile of syringes. And mm-hmm. then you got the dead ball. And it's just like, you know, broken leaves and, you know, some some wreaths and stuff on the right. Hey, can we get some broken leaves and wreaths yeah. in here, please? <laughs> got to get those. You know, that's my job, actually, at MLB. I'm the wreaths <laughs> guy. Yeah. So so that that I think would be a wild change to the game that uh, could make it pretty interesting. You know, you know what my wild thought is to jump off that? What do we got? Stop. Don't chase the ball ever. Okay. Stop. Okay. Wild fast. Don't do it. 
Stop it! It's unbelievable! You imagine you go to a football game and it's a totally different ball. You go to a basketball game, it's a totally different ball. You go to a hockey game, it's a completely different puck. You go to a cricket game, it's, it's completely different. It doesn't make any sense. What is happening here? How do we agree? How do, how do we all collectively, uh, this is fine. How is this something we are picketing every single day? Can you imagine your entire livelihood is, is dependent on this? You're a pitcher in Major League Baseball and you go to spring training and you can't even use the ball yet. You gotta wait. 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 <laughs> imagine you go to your desk and all of a sudden, you're not using a Mac. You're using a PC, and it's in a totally different language. And they're like, we're going to pay you depending on how well you do your job today. And you're like, okay, get out the Rosetta Stone because I got to figure out what I'm doing today at work. It's unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable to me. Yep. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a wild thought, Fast. <laughs> we're going to have wild thoughts every single week. Gonna tune in. Gonna have more wild thoughts for you. I might just explode. I, I got to do this, Nick. We're, we're not gonna we're, we're gonna end on this because we have to. Because this is yeah. you got your favorite segment. We're gonna end on my favorite segment, and this is coming to you. Okay, I'm very okay. excited about this. I want to know. And this is a segment we're called "Who's Winning the World Series This yeah. Week." Okay, and this is this isn't our like very serious "Who's Winning the World Series," right? No. I want to know who's based on this week. Who is winning the World Series? And here are the caveats as we develop this show. Once you say this team. They're gone. Can't say yeah. them ever again They're over gone. the course they of, go over the course the of the show. <laughs> they, they disappear. disappear. They Thanos. They're they done. Exactly. And, and, and that's it. Uh, no repeats. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get this one out of the way fast. It's the same okay. team I was talking about before. The biggest shock to me, the Marlins. They are gonna the win the World Series because all they need to do is make it there. They just need to make it. And they and look right behind in the NL East. They're right below 500. You have six teams per uh, per per league right now. They get that one wild card. They have the rotation for it. You know they've lost all these one nothing games. Mm. Fine. You know that can go the other way in the playoffs. And hey, maybe they even make a trade in the off season or sorry, the mid season that we we expect them to do with Max Meyer and Edward Cabrera as well. Um, hopefully coming up. I'm saying it. It's the Marlins. The Marlins the are going to win the World Series fast. I love it. I love it. Next week, we're going to have a little graphic. We're going to put all 30 teams up. We're going to have the Marlins crossed out. And then next week will be my turn to choose one of the 29 teams to say who is going to win the World Series. But Nick, hmm. we did it. It was a beautiful ride. Did we have a little bumps on the way? Of course we did. That's life, baby. But <laughs> we had a great time talking about baseball. Again, from the bottom of our hearts, it, it, it fills us with joy and shock every time that we can look over at the chat and see that you've joined us. If you're hearing this as a podcast, come check us out every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. We're looking forward to talking with you. And absolutely. And I just want to say congratulations to ABM 12. And it looks like, oh man, I don't know how to pronounce this. Jai me Arius 91. Congrats on winning PL plus. Just send me a DM on Twitter. Can DM me at PitcherList. can reach out and follow Alex fast eight on Twitter. But yeah, welcome to the first episode of Nick, Alex, Nick and Alex baseball show. We're going to have, you know, video segments out next time. It's a lot of fun. It, we're going to be loosened up in the future weeks i don't know as we do this more often i'm happy you could tune in thanks everybody for being here uh, but i'm gonna let you sign off of this podcast so thanks everybody here my name is is nick pollock and i am alex fast and we'll talk to you guys next week